everybody, what's going on? It's Jesse Lee. You can call me hashtag Boss Lee or the People's Mentor. And if you haven't seen, Boss Lee Accelerator is live. If you are listening to this episode in the first two weeks of it being live, I will tell you that this is intro pricing. It's the least expensive it will ever be. Make sure you jump in if you're hearing this early for the mastermind if you're interested in that because tickets are selling out quickly. And then everything else looks so exciting. So we did it. And if you're someone who's like, I can't find the link, it's just bosslee.com forward slash coaching. Again, bosslee.com forward slash coaching. Can't wait to see you there. This episode is all about building influence. And I tell an incredible story about a woman named Christy and you are going to be blown away. And I can actually give you an update on Christy now. It's been two months since I recorded this episode. She actually earned her free car. So if you think that this is something that does not work, let me tell you what it does. So at any rate, I love you guys. I appreciate you so much. Thank you for everything. If you love this episode, make sure you screenshot it, put it in your story, tag me at I'm Boss Lee, share it with some friends and have an awesome rest of your day. Okay. So, um, look, I think a lot of the times we're trying to get people to do things, whether it's you want them to do the jump program, you want them to, uh, step up and do a video for you. You want them to contribute to your team page. You want them to do whatever, fill in the blank. And you can't get them to do it. I just had a conversation with a pro champ yesterday and she's like, I asked people to do, uh, jump videos and like, I feel like I'm pulling teeth right? There's such a good story from Mexico with Christy Hoffer. If you haven't heard it yet, oh my God, amazing. I don't have time to tell a story right now, but really one of the most powerful training moments of my life. And I was talking to Alicia and Alicia said it as well. I don't know if her internet has gone out or not. Yes, I guess she's not on here anymore, but Alicia texted me after she sent me the whole video and all the stuff. And she said, I, maybe I'm like too nice to her. She doesn't listen to me the way she listens to you. I said, it's just a different level of influence, right? She listened to me to, to eat the, close her eyes, shut up, eat the food. Cause it's a different level of influence. It was a different level of respect. It was a different level of whatever, right? She looked at me just differently. That's all it is. And so, you know, you're, we're all in leadership positions and it's not that your team is trying to stop from growing. It's just that, uh, they listen to people differently based off of what they perceive them to be. Does that make sense? So there are sources of authority that you can get better on. There's sources of authority where you can grow yourself and make more people listen to you. And so, uh, I'm going to give you things and these aren't necessarily going to be the only places that authority can come from, but these will help you leverage in your team, how to speak to people, how to inspire people, uh, and to have more people follow your actual lead. Okay. So the first one is quite frankly, your expertise. And I don't think we use this enough. We don't tell people how good we are at something, right? Some of you are master recruiters, master branders, master social media influencers, master, uh, masters at developing leaders. I mean, fill in the blank masters of whatever. Okay. And people don't actually know it. This goes back to the conversation of how do you attract type A's if you don't show off what you're good at. You have to show people your actual expertise. And so if you want to be able to influence people in your organization and you want to, you know, inspire them or motivate them to listen to you, you've got to develop even further expertise and show them. So this positions you as the authority. It's why when you leave stuff and you train, it's like how many of you, when you get away from doing business lives or something like that, you watch your business kind of slide pretty quickly, right? Or when you do those videos, it's like, boom, oh my gosh, there's all those leads, right? You, you immediately positioned yourself as a position of authority. You look like somebody that people can trust, people that people can, someone that people can take recommendations from, um, somebody that people really want to follow the project of, etc. right? So, you really just need to be somebody that people look at and they go, oh, this person knows what they're talking about. Now, it doesn't have to look the same as anybody, right? What I have found in 
almost 12 years of these shenanigans is it can pay to be different, right? To be an expert that is different than everybody else pays really well. The more unique, quite frankly, your skill set becomes, the knowledge becomes so powerful. Your insights become something people, they, they crave almost, right? Because it just, it's different than what they've seen from everybody else. Oh, I think I've heard that before, but it's totally different the way Adele says it, right? Then they love that, right? So expertise in something, it implies that you are so qualified that other people want to listen to you, even if they don't have to. Like you want to be such an expert that even if they don't want to listen to you, they will. Right? It's kind of like, oh, I don't like her personality. I don't like how she does this. Yeah, but she's really smart. I don't like her, but I'm going to get on those damn champ calls because I don't think it's any of you. Right? I'm going to get on those damn champ calls because she's smart. Right? She's the expert. Okay? Hi, Wookie. Oh, my gosh. Wookie wanted to make sure she was known as the expert of snorting in her sleep. Okay? So, look, if you want to be seen as an expert, develop your skills, develop your knowledge, and understand whatever subject matter you're about to train on deeply and speak on it as often as possible. It's also kind of how you're going to end up finding your niches as well, right? Um, and so it's not just about what you know because a lot of you are very smart. It's about how many people know how much you know, all right? The next thing if you want to be more influential, and this one might be the most important, it's your relationships, okay? Regardless of the title of rank anything or of CEO or of founder or of any of these things, regardless of what the title is, an effective leader is someone who understands that relationships are how you can also influence people. Okay. And they have to be real, meaningful relationships. And some of you, I mean, this is so obvious, but it's like, how many of you have ever been, ever been with me somewhere and I tag you in a story? What happens? You get a bunch of followers, right? By association, you're elevated. Just how it works, right? I, I was with Dawn the other day, right, in uh, Athens. Tagged her in one story. She goes, oh my God, my Instagram. I'm like, what? And she shows me her phone. It's like, all these new follower, followers. She's like, I think I just got like 200 new followers. It's been five minutes. I said, it's not been five minutes. You're exaggerating. I'm like, but yeah, of course. Because regardless of what your name is, who you are, what you've accomplished, people look at who you hang around with and you start to become associated, right? You become affiliated. It's part of the reason I joined these masterminds, right? Like, People were saying to me, some, some, this is one of these coaching moments I had in this pool in, um, in Mexico, and somebody said, or I was teaching people to find out where your ROI is, right? Like, you should all do the exercise where you just message your team members. Hey, Jamie Lynn, where, where did you find me? Oh, I found you on the, on the uh, you know, you did a video in like a business for home group. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, hey, where'd you find me? Oh, hey, Crystal, yeah, I found you on TikTok. I saw, you, what was I doing in the TikTok? Oh, it was like a TikTok where you were being like kind of sassy. I thought, I was like, oh, I like her. And I started scrolling on her stuff and I'm like, all oh, your stuff. And I'm like, oh, okay. And you start to find out where your people are coming from. And I said to this person, I said, a lot of my customers and recruits come from Eric Worre. Holy smokes. 
It's crazy. That stage prints money. Now, I had to build a relationship with that man for him to ever put me on his stage, obviously, which I felt was taking a thousand years, okay? But regardless of the fact, I was like, how much money I got to give this guy before he puts me on that damn stage, okay? But, <laughs> and it was a lot, but that's okay. Like, my point is, people saw that affiliation. And then when he was in Australia four years ago, almost, almost five years ago, I saw he was there. I bought a ticket to his GoPro Australia event, the only GoPro Australia event he's ever had. None of these Australians knew who I was except for one customer I had. I go to the event. He sees me in the audience. I wave. He goes, oh, my God, Jesse Lee, the social media girl, is here in this building. He literally introduced me to an entire continent. Do you understand? And because Eric Worre said my name, it became powerful. It wasn't some Joe Schmo, oh, you know, Jesse Lee? No, it was Eric Worre. So I go to these other masterminds with these huge names, right? I mean, they might not be huge to you because you're not as involved in the business world as I am. But if I name drop these people, there's a lot, there's a ton of these people are billionaires that came from nothing that built multi-billion dollar companies that sold them and then cashed out. Right? Some of these are freaking e-com geniuses that print money. Right? They understand funnels like we will never understand funnels. They understand ads like we'll never understand ads. They understand marketing. We're really good marketers, but some of these guys are just bombs, right? Some of these people know how to scale a business like, oh my God, right? And I got in their circle and now I'm the woman in their circle. And now every time there's a stage, they're like, oh, you got to book Jesse Lee. There's a huge event at the end of next month. There's two huge, huge, huge business events. There's track, traffic and conversion, and there's ClickFunnels Live, you've prob- or Funnel Hackers Live. You've heard of probably both of them. I got booked for traffic and conversion. And it was somebody from the mastermind who said, you've got to book this girl. She's the best. And it's Roland Fraser's event. And I know most of you have no idea who that guy is, but if you Google him, you'll go, holy shit. My upline is about to be at freaking Roland Fraser's event. It's a big deal. It's association. I've trained this for so long, but if you want a bigger business, you have got to turn off the RBF. You have got to start being nice to people. You have got to start building relationships. You've got to start getting around people who can elevate you instead of pull you down and be aware of it. Like one of the best things, this goes back to what we said at the beginning of this, but like how many of you can feel it in your body when your energy is off because you're around certain people? You're like, I don't think I'm supposed to be around these people. Oh, mama me. Like, you know what I mean? Like you feel it. Start acting on those, those feelings. Those feelings are valid. And I know when you're a little girl, it's all girls still on here. When you're a little girl, you're told like, no, it's fine. Like, no, that's so-and-so. No, like stop ignoring your intuition screaming at you and build these real meaningful relationships with people that you know you should. It could be colleagues. It could be people on the team. It's also a great idea to get networked. Like, have you spent time... As a leader, like your team looks up to you guys. They look up to you. You are their idols. It's not even just me. You are their idols. Have you looked for events in your area? Like your nearest city. When is the next marketing event? When is the next networking event? Like big, like not networking, but like, you know, whatever. Some kind of specialty around business. You are business owners. You're not just network marketers. Those are the people you need to be friends with. You can't just keep being friends with, you know, so-and-so from the pasta stand. I don't know Huh? Is there like a pasta stand down the road somewhere I don't know about? I don't know. All right. I don't know. <laughs> From the spaghetti stand. No, I'm kidding. Um, you can't just say, you got, you got to get access to the people who want to win. I just ran into someone at the gym who's, who's a, um, oh girl. Uh, uh, uh just kidding. Um, <laughs> 
I just ran into someone who's got a really big business at the gym earlier this morning, and he said, um, oh, shoot, I lost my train of thought because I was thinking about the freaking pasta stand. Damn it. I don't remember. I was going to say something about the... I lost my train of thought. I'm thinking about the pasta stand. Actually, I'll just give you guys a little sliver to deliver. Y'all need to go to Greece if you are single. (laughs) I'll go with you. All right? You just just find me the next flight. Uh, I am on it. Okay? Uh, I will be there with you. Whenever you need me to go to Greece, um, the answer is yes. Wow! Okay, let's get back to training. So, um... I don't remember where I was going with that. Something about relationships. God knows. Who knows? I have no clue. But put yourself in a position to get around winners. Put yourself in a position to get around people who have a different mindset. Okay? If you want to scale your business, if you want to be seen as a leader, if you want to be able to influence people more, you want to have these affiliations. Okay? You want to have these affiliations. It's really, really important. And I know it might sound weird, but like, it's just influence. Okay, so work on developing that emotional intelligence, work on softening yourself sometimes to be able to build these relationships with people and understand and manage your own emotions, right? I know this can be difficult sometimes and sometimes I'm, I'm up here, you know, and then sometimes I'm like whatever all over the place, but I'm trying to manage. And when you learn to manage your emotions and you learn to control yourself, it, it's how magic happens. Okay, people do dumb stuff all the time. Um, but being able to stay cool and calm under pressure is a great way where you can then, oh, and I'll just say lastly around building relationships, how can you contribute, right? How can you contribute to people? It's a great way to get people that, to have people want to be around you, you know, contribute something to them in some way to them. And it doesn't have to be anything expensive or anything like that. Um, I know I mentioned Eric already, but I contributed to his event. You know, I brought a bunch of people to his event. Um, and I had skill sets that not everybody had. And so I just got to build the relationships inside of it. Um, and because I was building relationships with these other big leaders in network marketing that were much bigger leaders than me, they were also name dropping. So these people who I had relationships with were name dropping to Eric while I was at the same time building the relationship with Eric. And that's how all of it came together. Okay. Takes time, but it's worth it. Okay. All right. The next thing, if you want to build, uh, um, build influence, and this is more so like in your team, um, not just overall, is just have an understanding of how the business really works. And this is something that I think we get away from sometimes because we're trying to keep everything balanced. We're trying to keep our customer sales high and our recruiting numbers high and our whatever, whatever, whatever. That's like, guys, like that's not actually how the comp plan works. A lot of you get frustrated around, um, I know you do because I, I know you, you get frustrated around, I don't think I have enough customers or I don't think I have enough recruits or I don't think I have enough uh, this or that or whatever. Like where is the actual money in the compensation plan and how can you teach that to people, right? That's the magic, right? And if you are a massive customer acquirer, which is fine and excellent and wonderful, that's still not where the real money is. And I know you know that, but you just still do it because it's the low hanging fruit. There's nothing wrong with it. But are you also taking the time then to try to convert some of these people into promoters, the competitive people? And maybe it's the messages, like I said earlier at the beginning of this, this training where I said, you know, you got to reach out to these competitive people. Like who are, who are your customers who are just like rip roaring and losing weight? if that's what their goal is, right? Or are like accidentally sharing the product with a bunch of people. And you're like, dude, like how many people are you gonna accidentally share this product with? You know what I mean? You know, who are those competitive people? Don't just offer them the opportunity. If you want them to continue to compete, say that to them like that, right? Like, do you realize like you're literally outperforming people that are on our team right now? 
like, I think you could be really good at this. Like, you seem more dedicated to your health journey than, like, 90% of our team. I think you could be, like, the next big thing if you wanted to. Don't say it if it's not true, but I'm going to guess it probably is true anyway. You know, you have some customers who are just bombs. But take that time then to learn the actual organizational structure, and then people will start to see you as, oh, she knows what she's talking about, right? She knows exactly what she's doing, right? So um, take the opportunity, though, to learn not only about structure like that, and I know you guys do this anyhow, but take the opportunity, because you're preaching the choir right now, but take the opportunity to get on meetings, just learning how all of this works. The more you learn, the more you earn. You guys know that, but sometimes we forget that. Right. Sometimes we forget that. So let's get back to that so we can get better at learning. Uh, by the way, I think you probably already saw this. You saw the flyer. Um, but Wednesday trainings are coming back. But they'll be coming back at 2 Central. Um, so really, really excited about that. So I can't wait. Um, but anyway, so yay. All right. So um, being involved in general will also give you a lot of influence because people, again, are watching you. You can have incredible influence over, uh, over planning of something or of an actual event or over anything if you are somebody that people look at and they're like, that person can actually affect change, right? Are you somebody who can actually affect change, can actually bring forward uh, desired outcomes, right? Just kind of think about this. And sometimes none of this is enough. You're, you're showing up to everything. You're being positive. You're building relationships. You're learning the organizational structure. Your check is scaling and you're, you're running more incentives and you're doing whatever. But like that goes back to one of the best things you can do then is collaborate. One of the best things you can do is collaborate, right? Sometimes um, like this just happened the other day. My influence is obviously very big, but I brought Lisa in to close, uh, somebody really, 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 really big in Canada the other day. Like huge leaders from another company, right? And I was like, I know I will be more influential if I step back for a minute and show them the power of the overall, right? So I literally pretended that I couldn't get on this call. I'm like, oh my gosh, she said one central. I'm so booked at that time. I'm not going to be able to get on, but I have Lisa and Curtis. They're ready to answer all your questions. They are amazing. They are my upline. We have access to them all the time. Like, you know, Lisa and Curtis, right? And of course they know who Lisa and Curtis are because again, Lisa and Curtis have influence from GoPro. These people know me from GoPro. Okay. And, um, Oh yeah, we, oh my God, we loved her training on this, blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh my God, great. You're just gonna, you're just gonna love it. You're just gonna love it. So sometimes you stepping back makes you look even more powerful, right? Sometimes you being like, oh gosh, I, let me just bring in somebody. Let me, let me show you how, you know, how, how many resources I have can also allow you to step, step up as well. Okay. So that might also be very, what the heck was that sound? Okay. But anyway, uh, transparency as well. To an extent. Some of you need to write down the to an extent part. Okay. But part of this trust building and influence building, it really, it really is the transparency. The more open you are about um, your team's goals, about uh, the challenges you might be going through, the easier it is for your entire team to understand their role and allow themselves to be influenced. Right. They almost kind of step back then and go, okay, how can I help to have overall team success? That sense then of value, like, oh, I can serve 
Casey, if I do this, and their higher purpose will actually translate into higher levels of team engagement, right? That's one of the strongest things you can do is say, I just don't know how to do this. Like, I need you, Candace. You are way better at this, okay? And so, yeah, there you go. <laughs> and then it turns into knowledge sharing. And then you're not putting yourself on a pedestal. And then you're able to influence even further, okay? Which obviously is important. Um, I'll also say if you want to uh, be more influential, just value your own ethics and your own integrity. I can give you a really good example of just the other day. I was recording. I was like, I was told I had some videos to record. I said, cool. And they said, oh, you're recording the video starting at 630 in the morning. I said, the hell I am. I was like, I don't record videos at 6.30 in the morning. I said, why does it be 6.30 in the morning? I can record it when I'm like together. Oh, a film crew's coming. I said, no. No. I'm like, why? I'm like, because it's literally out of integrity of how I've built a business for the last 12 years. Like, I tell people all the time, you don't have to be fancy. You don't have to be whatever. You can be coming, you know, you can be yourself and absolutely dominate. And now I'm going to put myself on some ridiculously expensive overpriced video. For what? So I can pretend to be something I'm not when I train authenticity all the time? Yeah, I don't think so. If you want to be influential, stand for something, right? Value your ethics, value your integrity. Um, there was some survey done that said something like 75% uh, of employees, I know you're, no one's an employee, but 75% of employees value integrity as the most important attribute of a leader. 75%. And then almost 70% said high moral standards is important for leadership competency. Crazy. Right? So don't feel bad about having values and ethics. Don't feel bad about standing for something. Don't feel bad about communicating your expectations. Don't feel bad about any of that stuff. If you want to be influential, it's good to have a goal for people to shoot for. Right. It all, if you also have the values and the integrity, of course, you're more influential because people feel safe. Right. People feel safe in the environment. They know what you're going to do. You're not unpredictable. You're not all over the place. You're not somebody that people are worried about. Like you're not volatile. OK. Um, I also recommend if you want to be influential, you act very decisively and you just get it done. OK. If you say you're going to do something, do it. We all have bad days. We all have bad weeks. Some of us have bad months. Some of us have bad whatever. Okay, I have bad hours for sure. Um, I'll, I'll give you that. I do my five-minute poo-poo fest, and then sometimes, you know, I'm like, hmm, kind of in a funk for a little bit, but I don't, I don't stay mad for long. But today moves too fast. You know, if you're not immediately doing what you say you're going to do, you lose influence like this. You know, you can't tell people you're going to do something and you don't do it. It's like there's somebody who says constantly like, oh, I'm you know, going to be this rank by every month. It's like the same goal over and over and over and over and over again. Think of the influence that has been lost on their team by them saying it every single time and changing nothing. Right. Because like if you're going to try to hit a new rank, you can't keep doing the same thing. Right. And your team sees that. Your team sees that. So acting decisively, it, it will absolutely help you have influence. I want to tell you the story about Christy really fast because we still have a little bit of time um, for that. It's because it was one of the coolest, uh, one of the, really, really one of the coolest leadership moments I've ever seen. And Alicia has the whole thing on video because it ended up being Christy's share, actually. Last night in Mexico, I was already gone. Um, but at the white party, they did shares after, I guess, or before or something like that. And, and uh, Alicia filmed it. But long story short, Christy sat next to me at... Um, 
at the seven course dinner that we had because she was in the top 10 of the company. And so she, she chose to sit next to me. She chose to sit next to me. And, uh, as soon as she sat next to me, somebody said, or the, the waiters come over and they ask for allergies and stuff like that. She said, no, I don't have any allergies, uh, but I don't do seafood. I don't do seafood. And I heard her say it. And, uh, there was someone else on the team nearby who was like, Oh, you just didn't watch the training. Uh, but oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, <laughs> and I said to her after this, uh, caviar came out and I said, so you don't have an allergy? She said, no. I said, why don't you eat seafood? I said it like that. Like, why don't you eat seafood? She was like, I don't eat seafood because I don't like it. I said, okay. Have you had good seafood? She's like, I don't know, but I don't like it. It tastes like fish. And I said, oh, you haven't had good seafood. Only bad seafood tastes like fish. It's old. Like you're eating old seafood. <laughs> That's why it tastes like fish. She's like, what does it taste like? I was like, it tastes like meat, but it's like fluffier. That's what good seafood tastes like. She's like, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm like, okay, I think you should. I kind of give her a face like that. And she's like, and I said, you're really not being coachable. I was like, what if I told you that eating seafood is going to change your life? And she goes, I don't understand how that's possible, <laughs> but okay. I was like, I don't know. I just think you should be open to it. I think, I think it might change your life. So, um, so she goes, fine, I'll be coachable. I said, I think the reason you're not ranked six yet, because she's been ranked five for a while. I said, I think the reason you're not ranked six is because you don't eat seafood. And I said it like as a joke, you know, like, I think it's because you don't eat seafood, but really it's because you're not coachable. And, um, she laughs. She's like, you might be right. Okay. Okay. You know what? I'll eat seafood, Jesse Lee. I'm like, really? So we bring over the waiter. Okay. Bring over the waiter. And the waiter's like, eh. you know, he's bringing over a seafood caviar thing. And she's like, what is this? I said, don't ask questions. You're at a, you're at a five-star restaurant. Put it in your mouth. There's no way it tastes bad. Like it's impossible. Okay. And she's like, Ugh. okay. And she bites it. She's like, oh, what is that? I said, it doesn't matter. Did it taste good? Yeah. Okay. Then don't worry about it. You're not going to cook that ever anyway. There's like 700 ingredients that I can see. <laughs> You're never going to be able to cook it. So don't worry about what's in it. All right. So then she goes, okay. All right. So, um, Hey Oliver. So she goes, um, she says, uh, she, she, so, so we pull over the waiter. I said, she eats seafood now. And the guy's like, are you serious? I said, yeah, no allergies. She eats seafood. Don't worry about it. He's like, okay. You sure? I'm like, yeah, she eats seafood. She's going to eat everything. Next meal comes out. And yeah, the next dish comes out. It's like a little pasta, whatever she eats it. She's like, why is that pasta brown? I was like, don't ask questions. You just eat the pasta, man. Like, it's fine. She likes it, of course. Next thing comes. And everything's paired with, you know, every, I mean, it's fancy. Third thing comes out. And this is when it gets funny, okay? Some of you might have already heard the story. It's a prawn. But it's this big. Okay, so it's like a lobster. It was like a baby lobster, maybe a full lobster. The head's still on it. The tentacles, the legs are still on it. The tail is still on it. And she's slapping me. Jesse Lee, there's a, there are eyeballs on that thing. There, and I, I cannot eat that. I literally could, I could not eat it. I said, really? She goes, how do you eat that? What are you? I'm like, you cut the head off and you cut the tail off, and you eat the meat. Well, why is the sauce green? I don't know, Christy. I don't know why the sauce is green. I said, look, you know what? I'll take a bite first. I'll tell you if it's fishy. If it's fishy, you don't have to eat it. But if it's a good piece of seafood, 
I will tell you and you should eat it. She goes, okay. And I take a bite. I'm like, it's really good. Like, it's actually really, really nice. She's like, she gets out her phone. She makes a Snapchat. And this is where it becomes very much so a coachable moment that will probably like slap somebody in the face. She makes a Snapchat. It doesn't matter who sees it, but she makes this video and she's like, I'm about to eat this creature. Like, whatever. She's like freaking out. She takes a bite. What do you think happened? Jen was there. Jen was right across from me. So now y'all know I'm not lying. She liked it. And you could see her mind going. Uh, no, I, I've told everyone my whole life I don't like seafood. And she put it in her story and she got a Snapchat back almost immediately from somebody who said, don't eat that. You're going to get so sick. Don't do that. You don't eat seafood. And it was someone who was influential enough in her life that this person has, she ended up telling us a whole story, like 30 minutes long. It's the reason she's, she doesn't do roller coasters. It's the reason she doesn't travel. It's the reason she doesn't eat seafood. It's the reason she doesn't do, she had this whole laundry list of things that she has been told her whole life she does not do. Therefore, she has not done that. That has become her identity. You understand? Then she leaves for a minute to the bathroom and sea bass comes out. If you don't know, sea bass is like, I don't know, I love sea bass. I got a sea bass every freaking meal. But it has bone marrow on the side. She also doesn't eat any bones. Like she won't order chicken wings. She doesn't eat order steak with a bone in it. Uh, she's very particular. Okay, she's been taught her whole life to be very particular. Okay, but a lot of you are particular about things. I'm not. This is this is not a story about Christy. You understand, right? This is this is a story about you. But I don't know what it's about. It could be seafood. Could be doesn't matter. Okay. So she's she comes back to the table. She goes, "What is this?" You can ask Jen. What is this? On <laughs> the space. I'm like, that's bone marrow. She goes, uh-uh, uh-uh. No, I don't, no, no, no. My son will never believe this. No, what is that? I said, that is the most nutritious part of the animal. It's full of vitamins and minerals and it's delicious. She goes, no, 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 no. I was like, stop asking questions. And the guy scrapes it on the sea bass. And I said to everybody while she was gone, I said, this is going to be the, the seafood that changes. Like, she's already a little bit changed from the, from the prawn. This is going to be the piece of seafood that changes her life. Because she's not going to like this. What did I say, Jen? I said, she's going to love it. Because it I mean, mine was gone before she came back to the table. And, you know, it doesn't take that long to pee. <laughs> okay? Like, it was insanely good. All of us are like, oh! Okay, she comes back, she takes a bite, and her face was like. Like she was completely mind fucked over a sea bass. Sorry, I didn't mean to cuss, I said like little ears, okay? She was like, it, like, you could see her wheels turning, like, who am I? Like, what? what I don't know who I am anymore. My whole identity is wrapped up in I eat like this. I do business like this. I work like this. I'm in relationships like this. I had a shitty marriage like this. I this. I like all of these different things that she has taken as her identity over and over and over for, for however many years she's been alive. Right? Instantly changed in one meal. Because all I said was like, hey, will you be coachable? Will you try it? 
Then she starts eating everything. Then she sends me a video the next day and she said like, no more am I gonna allow this person to tell me what I do with my life, whatever. Like, I don't know why I adopted the identity that I didn't even choose. Like huge breakthrough moment, right? I didn't choose to be this person. Why am I this? I'm gonna choose me, I'm gonna choose me. And I said, I can't wait for your champ call, which is going to be very soon. <laughs> you know, like, because we're going to tell the damn fish story <laughs> on the champ call, right? Um, the next day, I got sent a video from Cheryl Pike, and it's Christy eating calamari. And she's like, this is so good. I can't believe this. Like, I, don't, I didn't think I ate any of this stuff. I didn't think I'd do any of this. She goes, I don't do parasailing. I don't do this. And then... Parasail got canceled because it was storming yesterday. And she said last night at the white party, she's like, and I, I can't believe this. My whole life was changed from that dinner. Everything about me is different. Because Jesse Lee pushed me to eat the stuff I didn't want to eat. And now I was upset today because parasailing, which I was terrified of my whole life. I wanted to go so bad. I'm a different person leaving this. And so I don't know what your equivalent is of seafood. I don't know what your, the things are that are holding you back and you're not changing and you're allowing people to tell you to be a certain way or do whatever, but just try something different, right? If, if your business doesn't look the way you want it to look, maybe it's because you keep doing the same things over and over and over again and you're expecting different results, right? But I only tell that story because if I didn't have the kind of influence that I have with Christy, she would have never changed her life in one evening. It wasn't me that changed her life, by the way. I don't take any credit for it. She's the one who did it. It was just as easy for her to say no to it than it was for her to say yes. And she chose to say yes. So, I love you guys. I appreciate you. Um, I have another call in three minutes I gotta get on. But uh, it's really good to be back. I hope you learned a bunch from that. And uh, 